Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 316. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy that you are here to join us today. I've already started this episode with a blooper, so get ready for some fun and laughs and a great conversation with our guest, Julie Kazmariu. Julie is a life coach, mentor coach, intuitive consultant, and podcast host. Welcome, Julie. Thank you, Kim. So happy to be here with you. Oh, I'm thrilled to have this conversation. Julie, I would love if you would give an even better introduction to yourself or yourself. (laughs) There's no such thing as proper grammar on the show anymore to the listeners. I know exactly what you mean. Well, I live in Montreal. I was born here and um, you pronounced my name really well. It's of Romanian heritage. I'm not going to go into all the nitty gritty details, but I'm a life coach And I've been coaching since 2007, so I'm a certified life coach, and I work with women primarily, but um, of course I I work with everyone, but that seems to be my my niche and the people that gather and connect with me most. Women who are leaders, who are wanting to connect more deeply to their intuition, to live and lead from a place of uh, depth and meaning and value, to inspire their own life and the life of others who they inspire, whether it's in their family, their work, whether it's in community, um, society, however it shows up for them. So it's really something that I love doing. I'm also a certified mentor coach. So I mentor other coaches. I'm certified to be a mentor to coaches who are looking for mentoring and needing to either get their credential or renew their credential as part of the International Coaching Federation. And I'm also an intuitive consultant. And what that means is I also assist people in connecting to their own intuition. So that shows up in different ways. I coach people with their intuition. Then I also do intuitive readings. So the coaching is more about pointing you to your own infinite resourcefulness and your own best answers. And that's something that happens more frequently. And intuitive readings is something that still points you to your intuitive self and your own best answers, but I help with some more guidance and unblocking some blind spots and helping people really just uncover what's in the way so that they can move forward ever so gently, but with enough transformation that they feel that there's something shifting and moving within them and that shows up externally in their life. Oh, I love all of that. <laughs> you So you said you started in 2007? Yeah. Now, so much has changed in the last 11 years. Yeah, I know. Listeners, I know you could be, yeah, listeners, I know you could be listening well into the future, which (laughs) as a podcaster yourself, I know that must be like so exciting because somebody could be listening to this if I keep it up, which I hope to, you know, 10 years from now, which just blows my mind. But 10 years ago, Facebook was still pretty fresh. So what did the beginning of your business look like? How did you build your client roster and get started considering it really, I mean, my space was around, but. Yeah. um, Well, I wasn't using WordPress at the time. Um, I think it was, I'm trying to remember. Um, It was like 
a very dense, heavy, hard hitting to set up that I needed a web developer to get that going website. So yeah, it was, I don't even know what you call it, but it had to be built. Like a hard coded HTML site. Yeah. I had one of those that I, um, I started my first business in 2005. It was a e-commerce shop. I had started my business on eBay and then realized I wanted to do more and have my own site. So I wasn't paying all the eBay fees. Some, Some months those fees were like double my rent. So I knew I had to change that. But I remember looking back how much money I spent on that first HTML site, but it it was necessary. But looking back, I'm wondering how the business would have been different had Facebook been around like it is today. I mean, it was around, but no, not in 2005, I don't think. Anyway, I think you understand what I'm saying. I'm feeling a little ancient right now, but I, you know, I'm still spending money, even if I'm not, I don't have that heavy loaded website because I have WordPress. I'm using WordPress, but you know, yeah. I have support to help me get that going. And of course I do as much as I can, but back in that time too, because I started a podcast, well, that wasn't in that time, but maybe let's fast forward two years later. So 2009, I started a podcast, which was not called the podcast at the time because that word was not even, I mean, it probably was bouncing around, but it wasn't like it hadn't entered into like the collective psyche of like podcast. And even still, like, I'm surprised when people don't know what a podcast is, because I just imagine that everybody knows what it is. But oh, I know me too. I still have to explain it to my my mom. I think. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I have on my website, like, check out my podcast. And somebody's like, I don't even know what a podcast is. I'm like, OK, so I'm always learning, you know, and I can't assume. But so in 2007, I had a podcast, which I called a radio show because I was hosting it on Blog Talk Radio. Do you know Blog Talk Radio? I do. I didn't even realize that they were around okay. then. Hi, dog. Um, yeah, positive productivity. <laughs> they were, I told you in our listeners, I said in my pre-chat, they're all being quiet, but <laughs> it, just like my kids, the second I start talking, they will all, they will all chime in. So sorry to interrupt you, Julie, but I actually have a cat climbing on the screen door <laughs> that comes into my office from, from our backyard. And then, yeah, craziness. I think your dog, yeah, blog, I think your dog barked at blog talk radio. I think you're right. <laughs> But it, I didn't know it was around back then. I mean, I, I, did I have a blog? Yes, I did have a blog on that first site, but I didn't even realize that Blog Talk Radio was around then. Yeah. So Blog Talk Radio, somehow I was turned on to it and it was great. I mean, the sound quality was not so great, but it was simple. I could phone in with my landline and then my guest could could meet me on there with their phone. Or no, I called, yeah, I called them with my phone and we connected and I had weekly guests and I was interviewing, it was called Heartbeat, um, inspiring, I don't remember the tagline, but you know, I have a whole bunch of archives on my website, basically interviewing psychologists, scientists, um, best-selling authors in the fields of psychology, consciousness and transformation. And so that, that took place for two years and it was nice because people were, there were people listening to Blog Talk Radio. So I developed sort of this listenership through the website. And I was still using Facebook, but there was still a pulse happening, you know, on the web. Plus, the I mean, the community of other people using the platform also, I mean, a great way to, to get out there. So did that help 
build your i mean i i'm that's sort of a stupid <laughs> yeah. question i know there's no such things as stupid questions that was just but that would definitely help increase your your online presence even in an age where a lot of businesses i mean i know amazon was getting started but a lot of businesses were really just realizing even though they had seen a lot of companies going online for a few years they were just really realizing hello i need to get out there too I want to jump a little bit. There okay. is no good segue here. Sorry, <laughs> folks. But you mentioned you, yeah. ICF. I have seen since I began the second round of entrepreneurship in 2012, so many people coming into the circuit calling right. themselves coaches. I offer coaching, but I... I have yet to find a name okay. for myself because I do not consider okay. myself a coach. How do you feel about this surge of people calling them coach, calling themselves coaches when they are not accredited? I mean, or certified? you know what? My first introduction to life coaching was with a coach who still to this day, I don't believe is a certified life coach. So I don't think she got her certification. I think she has feelings about that or she has a philosophy around it, but she was extremely powerful. She's still to this day, so inspiring to me. And I had the most profound experience with her being introduced to coaching. So, you know, I think it really, if you, if you show up authentically and you feel a resonance to that person and they seem to have good testimonials and they are operating from some standard of ethic that you can detect and ask about, then, um, then I, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I, for me, you know, of course, you know, that would bring up, a could bring up a whole, it could open up a whole can of worms. Um, yeah. Oh, so, I and totally I'm sure people could. listening, yeah. maybe who do have a yeah. credential feel one way and people who don't have a credential feel another way. I think also this person who I was working with had other credentials and degrees that qualified for what she was helping me with, but also it was just the nature of who she was, you know, which was by a nature, a coach, a support, a wise woman. Now, I decided to get certified because I really believe in legitimacy and credentialing and it's one for my ego and two for just advancing my career and myself and feeling like I'm constantly learning and improving and can offer the best that I possibly can offer to clients. Absolutely. And I can see that. I mean, I, I'm Infusionsoft certified and I know that those credentials have very much helped my business when it comes to helping clients, but yeah. also the visibility, just giving that added, I mean, not that it didn't teach me a lot and not that it doesn't constantly teach me a lot because there's added trainings that I can receive because of my certification, but it gives clients just a yeah. little bit of peace of mind as well. I would love to jump into the intuitive okay. coaching Great. aspect Be that it's, that is not something that I've really ever mm -hmm. participated in. Uh, I don't, I don't know the best way to say it. It's like, what is I it, guess, Julie? I guess participated would work. Yeah. Yes, please. Exactly. Um, what is it, Julie? Intuitive coaching. So what is it? Well, have you ever been coached before? Have you had, like, have you had a life coach? 
I've had a business coaches. Okay. So, you know, there's the pure form of coaching, which to me lines up nicely with intuition because intuition plays a big role in coaching, in life coaching. So we're not um, offering advice and we're not consulting um, and we're not, give, you know, directing people as coaches. The The purest form of coaching is holding a safe space to champion the client and to help them arrive at their own best answers. Ooh, wow. And what do you see as often being blocks in keeping people from arriving at those answers? Beliefs? I know that's a very broad question. No, it's a good question. And it also relates to intuition because not, not every coach... I mean, as you know, obviously I've decided to call myself, I, you know, I'm a life coach, but also intuition is my, one of my focuses because one, it's something that I've con I connect to deeply, you know, as a skill, as a, as a, a recognition of a gift and we all have it, but it's just one that I feel good about and that I'm continuously learning and honing. And I, I believe that we all have it. I mean, we do all have it, you know, scientifically, we all have it, this connection to, to what's beyond our five senses, to connecting to our body. And I want to help people connect to that. So through coaching and through intuition, sometimes it's people are attracted to work with me because I'm, because I talk intuition. Sometimes it's because they just want to find their own answers. However it is, it's me supporting people and connecting to what they already know, which might, might not be on the surface, but we help sort of dig a little bit and bring it up. And so you asked what keeps people from, from knowing or from moving forward, or I don't remember ex exactly those words that you use, but you know, there's what lots. What you said works great. <laughs> there's lots that can come up, but one is just a belief, you know, the thoughts. The beautiful thing about coaching is you create this space for somebody to hear their own thoughts. And just that, I know saying that is like, well, how could that be so interesting? But it's, you know, um, a clear space without uh, judgment without um, direction. And if you hear your own thoughts, you're like, I really believe that. Wow. That's so interesting because that belief dictates your, dictates your actions, your choices in life. So that's just one example. Absolutely. And this is actually a struggle that I've been going through myself, which is why I'm so intrigued <laughs> over the course of the last couple of years, I have made a transition from chasing income, income. Let me try that one more time. <laughs> I've made a transition from chasing income to really focusing on making an impact mm. through the positive productivity brand. Beautiful. And that has been tough mm. because following my intuition, I hope I'm using it in the right way yes, here. Yes, you are. And doing what my heart and yeah. just my soul is telling me to do, despite how much my bank account screams mm. at me, you know, that's been tough, but something just keeps on telling me, keep moving forward. Yes, I'm borrowing from Disney here, but keep <laughs> moving forward. You know, don't give up on this, Kim, because you are doing great. I don't have a big head, folks, you know that, <laughs> but just keep going. And that has been a struggle, though. I mean, I've even had business coaches who have told me to not focus on this side of the company mm. and get back to the income generating side. Mm. I mean, there are bills to pay. So I do, it, it still is a yeah. juggle until, and and I'm a when person, not an if right. person. 
until when it does take off and it does pay all the hmm. bills. But there's that struggle, yeah. you know. I how would you address that with clients when <clears throat> they know that once that they do have maybe they're in a job, you know, the dreaded job, mm-hmm. but they ha- their gut is telling them that it's not what they want to do. They want to do something else. Well, first of all, I just want to acknowledge you for what you do, you know, and, and who you are and what you've created, you know, human beings created a home for all these wonderful creatures who have four legs. I'm assuming they have four legs, your cats and your dog and just everything you're creating here online and with your business and as an individual doing so much. And also like that beautiful income to impact, like, I mean, that's a matter of heart, right? And that's meaning and that's fulfillment and that sustains and creates wellness within, you know, it could also create like doubt and like, is this, should I? And it could also make you unpopular among certain crowds. In other words, like, why is Kim doing that? I don't know. She know what she's doing, but I mean, that's the courage, you know, that's the piece that requires that, like, I'm taking a risk here and I'm believing in myself and I'm believing in that. It's that gentle, persistent voice, you know, that doesn't go away, you know, that's like leading you, but also pushing you from behind ever so gently. And it just sounds like that's what you're describing. Like it won't shut up. It's just always there. And I I had a guest on my podcast yesterday, Renee Trudeau. She's um, a life balance expert and she has some great books One of them, maybe you are familiar with, it's called The Mother's Guide to Self-Renewal, How to Reclaim, Rejuvenate, and Rebalance Your Life. It's just sitting right in front of me, which is why I'm reading the whole title. And another one is called The Nurturing the Soul of Your Family. And she talks all about um, self-care and wonderful things to really, you know, the power of alignment, you know, aligning with your values and what is true for you. And she said that often the yes, like, how do I know when we should continue a project? I mean, we literally just talked about this yesterday. How do we know if we should leave this relationship or should I or shouldn't I? And she said, the yes feels scary, but it also feels exciting. Oh, my gosh. I I want to meet her. <laughs> and I thank you for bringing this up. And yesterday, actually, and I universe planned for your recording to be on my podcast today for this reason. Yesterday, I actually had a chat with Jenny Nash. And we were talking about the book that I've been wanting to write for two plus years, well before I started the podcast. And I was even I've been advised to put Mm. that on hold. Because I, I didn't know how it ended. And during this conversation, she's she said, but you can't stop thinking about it, right? And I was like, no, I absolutely cannot. She's like, then you need yeah. to write it. You need to write it. And don't write it just because you think it needs to be done. I mean, quality over mm-hmm. quantity always. But don't do it because everybody's telling you to do it. Do it because your heart is telling you to yeah. do it. And so what did you just hear me say? Or what did you, not what did I say, but in the words that I shared, what, what message did you get there? It, it all pieced together. I got so excited when you were talking that it just, both conversations pieced together and just following our soul and our gut and moving forward and allowing ourselves to be and do what our heart and soul are telling us to do. Hmm. 
I mean, if that's our job, really, you know, that's the, that's the 24 seven job. Oh, it is. And, and then when you were talking about Renee, right? I'm so bad. Yeah, no, Renee, Renee Trudeau. Yeah. And you were talking about family and, and the soul of the family. I was thinking, you know, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Yeah. I hate the word ain't. I just got to put that out there, but it's (laughs) so true. And if we force ourselves to follow that alternative path, because it's what society expects of us, then we're going to be miserable. And again, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. I know that when I'm not happy, my house struggles. But it, thankfully, that doesn't happen very often. And look at the power that you have. Like, you can actually handle a household with that many people inside of it, you know? Yes. So, like, you have this ability or, to like, manage. No. <laughs> manage. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's it. And, and the pillars of positive productivity. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I took the light away from you. The pillars are uh, self-care systems and support. Wow. And, yeah. Oh, and that's what brought it. Uh, when you were talking about self-care, I, I got inspired. And then you just talked about manage. I do have support even within my kids because my oldest two are 12 and 15. Great. So they want things. They want money to buy things. And in return, I get support in the household mm-hmm. in the way of a clean kitchen and laundry. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. Oh, yes. Very much a lot. What were you doing? Again, no segue here. I apologize. No, what were you it. doing before you got into coaching? Um, feeling unfulfilled and looking for that thing that I wanted to do that I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. That's very like ambiguous, but I was um, I was studying and like I had taking this route of um, always interested in well-being and health and feeling good and helping people feel good. But I wasn't sure how that, what would that would look like at university, you know? So I had, um, I did like health sciences and then I studied, um, I was applying to get into athletic therapy. And then I had, for whatever reason, I decided to switch it, some outside influences to go into business so I'd have a business degree and, you know, my favorite courses were the elective courses, which were like identity politics and women in religion and, you know, everything that was not related to business. And after then I had some jobs, I went traveling and I realized that I could give myself the permission to pursue a course in something that piqued my interest, like energy medicine or you know, I don't have to like shelve the astrology books or the vibrational medicine books. I can actually take them out and go find a tribe or a crowd or a school where they were teaching and talking about that. And so I did. And that led me towards awakening my sense of intuition and connecting to it. And then I went to study in the States with a teacher named Sonia Choquette. She's a best-selling author and she's very prolific and wonderful and through her, I met my first coach and through the coach, I, now I'm giving you a whole trajectory, but at all serendipitous events, but I was not, I knew there was something more for me and I had to find it. And so I set out to do that. I love all of the above, (laughs) all of it. And I've actually been chatting quite a bit with my 15 year old lately because he, 
I'll ask him, you know, what are you thinking about for when you're done with high school? Mm -hmm. And he's a little bit wishy-washy. He will bring up career paths that could potentially make a lot of money, but I've never seen him express any interest in those Hmm. besides the money. Right. And then he'll start talking about something that he's really passionate about, but will be a lot tougher to do. Mm. He wants to be a major league baseball umpire. Ooh. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So he's been umpiring in our local, in our town's local junior baseball league for the last four years. Huh. He gets paid to do it. So Great. he's so excited. And, and I've told him, I want to see you do what you want to do. That's going to make you happy that you're not dreading sitting at your desk hmm. in 30 years. Beautiful. And he's somewhat resistant because he's seen firsthand financial struggles in our house. Yeah. So yeah. he doesn't want to be there himself. But there's there's even things, to be totally honest, that I could have prevented. I mean, I didn't have to. As business owners, sometimes we get caught in a cycle of buying, 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 right. buying, thinking that it's going to take our business forward. Right. I've had clients who have spent hundreds of thousands on trainings that they never implemented. Mm. My mistake was spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on inventory for my first business. Wow. Listeners don't do that unless, I mean, well, <laughs> I don't even want to say unless. <laughs> yeah, but... That could have all been prevented, maybe. I don't know. Hmm. But even looking at, so I showed, I showed my boys, or I watched with my boys, with my boys a few weeks ago, Dead Poet Society, hmm. which is such a fabulous movie, mm-hmm. and it's the same type of conversation. You know, I, I forget the characters' names, but there's the one who wants to who wants to act, but his dad has his expectations. And we all had to be careful. Hmm. Listeners, take the electives. <laughs> do the trainings that your heart is telling you to do, not just shiny shiny object syndrome hitting your inbox that it's what you need. Mm-hmm. Do what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What have been some of the biggest learning experiences that you've had over the course of the last 11 years? In one word, motherhood. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could second that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's been lots of learning experiences, but for sure, motherhood, obviously that was my first response. Like it just, it's uh it's a big one. I have two boys, six and four and uh, yeah, it's big. It's humbling. It's beautiful. It's wide and vast and unknown. And it's like surrender. You need to, I need to surrender and let go and meet myself and meet them and, and learn, you know, I've become a child developmental expert who knew that that would happen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still working on that. You have any tips for me? (laughs) I'm still working on it too. But I mean, I created a podcast through the lens of, of motherhood, you know, who, mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I had done two series before becoming a mother that were related to my personal journey. One was through getting married and the other one was through being pregnant and leading up to my first birth. But then I took six years off and I came back to the pot to the show now called a podcast and it's called motherhood. Let's create a village. And so I have guests every week and we talk about motherhood and supporting and creating this village because as you know probably more than most that it takes a village and it's a beautiful learning experience so yeah that would be my answer 
I love that. Listeners, if you haven't heard it before, and I do this to my husband all the time, it's not just on the show, I'll share the same story more than once. Mm-hmm. And then I'll ask him, have you heard this before? And he's like, yeah, a few times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he actually went through this with me. My littles, who are a four-year-old and three-year-old twins, share a bedroom right across the hall from ours. And we flipped their doorknob around because they kept on pulling the child safety lock off. Hold on a sec. Kim, you have two sets of twins? Oh, no. I have a a four-year-old. Yeah. Oh, a four-year-old and then three twins. Okay. Three-year-old twins. Got it. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. Heaven help me. (laughs) I need to interrupt my own story. I'm so bad at this. I just saw on Instagram last week a lady who had quadruplets who are two, and she just had twins. Oh, my God. And I told my husband about it, and he just put his his hands into <laughs> over his head. He's like, heaven help her. <laughs> anyway, so we turn their doorknob yeah. around so that we can lock the door from the hallway. Mm-hmm. But those three have learned that they can lock us into the bedroom now. Oh, man. So we have a bedtime routine in the house. Uh, on the nights when my, well, on every night, but on the nights that my boys are here because they're from my first marriage, they um, will all go in and we'll, We'll give hugs and kisses and uggamuggas. Daniel Tiger. And we had to put my 12-year-old out the window once so that he could run around the house and let us all out of the bedroom because one of those sneakies had blocked the door and just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Have you found that you need to be more relaxed in life or in business as a result of becoming a mother? Yes. Yeah. I tried to plan everything and then, um, and then three more kids. And I've learned that the days I have planned out the most are the days when one of the kids gets sick. I don't know if I'm manifesting <laughs> that, but it, yesterday was one of those days. I had four podcasts on the calendar wow. and all of a sudden sick three-year-old. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. I had that too. Last night I had a podcast and podcasts are live and... Yeah, he woke up. We were up from three to the morning. You know, it's like, yeah. So um, I wanted to say something that I forgot, but um, yeah, the, I want, sorry, I wanted to say like, there's no, there's not much room for rigidity in parenthood is my experience, you know. I have learned that too. I need to give myself a lot of grace. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the biggest, a lot of these revelations for me all came at the same time. And in 2016 was when I made the shift from chasing income to wanting to really focus on an impact. But it came from my own struggle where I had been sleeping for two to three hours a night for a year and a half to two years. And I had gotten so anxious and depressed that I was ready, despite how much I am madly in love with my children and my husband, that I was ready to just end it all. And I realized... I cannot go on like this. And that's where the support comes in. I, I shared what I was feeling with a friend and she introduced me actually to Danielle Laporte. And then along the journey, I was introduced to Brendan Burchard and between Danielle Laporte saying in, in the desire map, she talks about giving up on the solid deadlines. She says it so much more eloquently, but allowing yourself the freedom to let things happen when they happen instead mm-hmm. of forcing them to happen when they're not meant to happen. Mm-hmm. And then Brendan Burchard just reinforcing over and over again, how we need to sleep 
everything just turned around. It was amazing. Wow. Good for you for getting the support and being open to it and turning it around. Thank you. Yeah. Next, that's actually where the positive productivity podcast came from. I don't want anybody to feel like that ever. And I, I know that's really impossible. I think entrepreneurs will feel anxious and stressed and time crunched, Mm. but we, I, we owe it to ourselves to set up that self-care systems and support in our personal life and in our professional life to manage it as best as we possibly can. So with that said, what do you have set up in your business so that you can maintain sanity or some semblance of, if maybe not complete? Well, just to piggyback on what you were saying about self-care, and then I I for sure will try to answer that as best as I could, but just also because I'm so like just fresh off this podcast and we're talking about self-care and I had it yesterday and it was like a deep dive into self-care and she just wrote something in her book. It's a few lines. Can I read it? Please. I'd love that. She says, self-care. What do you think about it? When you think self-care, do you have visions of massages or pedicures and facials? Physical self-care is a big part of the overall picture. But total self-care also includes eliminating self-criticism, not overscheduling, releasing the need to be perfect, saying no, refusing to do things out of guilt, and giving yourself much-needed rest and downtime to refuel. Wow. Wow. So that, Which one of those has been toughest for you? Um, all, all of them, you know, from eliminating self-criticism. I could do a lot of like self-criticism, you know, like I'm not what I was, you know, or I don't look like I did before I had kids, you know, can you just be kindler? Kindler? kindler. Can, can, We've been kindler be... on the podcast all the time. Don't worry. I like that. It's like gentle and kinder, Gen- uh-huh. kindler. Um, can I be kinder to myself about that? Can I, I find like, I really need time and space. So when I get time and space, I've been getting better at, you know, just standing in the conviction of like this time and space will, like, as you said, you know, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. So if I can give to myself, even though it's a no to my kids at that moment, then I can come back and give them like a much bigger, more emphatic yes. So it's a work in progress. I mean, I'm sure you find that too. You know, it's, it's like a work in progress. Yeah. And no, saying no has been my hardest. I can't say necessarily the self criticism. And I'd love to know what, what you think about this. I don't doubt that I can do what I set out to do. I have no doubt that I can do what I set out to do. But where I forget to give myself grace and often get really frustrated is the remembering that over the course of the last five years, I have added three more kids to my family Mm. and I've had to deal the best that I can and deal is probably the wrong word, but deal with sick days and doctor's appointments and maternity. Mm -hmm. I mean, when my, right. When I was pregnant with the twins, my belly was so big that it was uncomfortable to sit and work. I mean, it was uncomfortable to do really anything. Right. Yeah. But other people may be further along than I am, but they also haven't experienced 
the same life situations as I have in the last five years. And with that said, giving ourselves grace is so crucially important. We can't be getting down on ourselves when we don't hit all of our timelines. And that's really why I've stopped setting concrete ones. Well, I think it's probably like a blessing and a curse, right? Like this is your strength because you're so capable and you're so productive and you're so able to do so much and create so much like you're a trailblazer, right? And yet it's also like knowing you're, there are limits and how can you bring softness to it? And that's probably your journey, right? Like we all have our place of where's the soft landing, you know, how can we do and be and feel good about it in the process while learning? You know, it's, I think it's, it's a work in progress. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It is definitely a work in progress. And what I've also had to remind myself is that I cannot, and listeners, you can go back and listen to a few previous episodes where I talk about this. I cannot be pushing myself to stay up late all night. I mean, I try to get up early and work, but my littles, I mean, because they're so young, they still like to get up early. So (laughs) what I tend to do is work late because that's when my clients go offline. So there are days that I am up until one or two working and then I get really excited and I want to keep on pushing and pushing. But because I've been down that rabbit hole a few times already, there is no way that I can keep on doing that and find myself in that place of anxiety and depression again. I mean, for me that I can totally relate, I can't get to one or two o'clock, but like getting to 12 is like, okay, it's enough now, Julie. Like I know my body will tell me, you know, it's enough. And I had to, I canceled a podcast that was scheduled for next week because I've been doing them every weekend. For me, it's just, it's a lot of work and I love it. Like I could just do it like, you know, energizer bunny, but you know, it's also differentiating between like the will and the heart and like, how am I, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough to just to discern. Like for me, my body just tells me when it's been enough and I'll push despite listening. Like, okay, Julie, maybe you're doing, it's a little bit much. Don't you think you need to just take a break or not schedule that or, not say yes to that or to that arrangement. So I think we get these messages. I don't know if you, if you, your body speaks to you that way, or if you're getting, you know, if you get, you get it told to you in other ways that um, you're overdoing it, you know, it could be, it's just for me, it's my overall, overall sense of like, I'm just feeling irritable and I don't want to talk to anybody or whatever it is. Like, I know that I need, the space and the time. So something I have to say no to something, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I will find that the two things I forget to do to take care of myself are the simple acts of using the restroom and eating. My team and my husband have both realized that when I'm not very chatty, which listeners, if this is not your first episode, you know that I can get very chatty, but if I am not chatty, then I am typically hungry. So it's just like a Snickers commercial. You know, my husband will ask me, what did you eat last? And usually I'll just look back at him with like a blank stare and he'll ask me what I want to eat and he'll go make something. Or the other thing that he'll do is he will turn on the bathtub and leave the water running until I 
go take a bath. Not because I stink, but because he realizes that I just need to get away from my computer and stop working. And while at those times it somewhat annoys me, I realize that he is watching out for my good. I just had a run in in the last month with my health. I saw that. Where I wasn't taking care of my thyroid and I was actually hospitalized with symptoms of a heart attack. I realized that I need to put a big priority on not only scheduling doctor's appointments for myself, but going because there have been times when I have canceled because I wanted to please my clients and get their projects done. Right. But in the end, I ended up sacrificing my own health. And if I keep on doing that, I won't be around for my clients or for my family or, or for myself for that matter. And that wouldn't be serving anybody. Mm. I'm glad you're taking care of yourself because we want to listen to you. Julie, I just want to thank you for such an amazing conversation today and making me and giving me so much to think about. Yes, thank you. Where can listeners find you online and get to know more about you, listen to your podcast and well, get in touch? I guess they both connect. So julieinconversation.com and there that's the direct page to my webs my web my podcast. And, um, there's archives and shows that are downloaded. The live stream is also there Wednesdays at 2 PM Eastern, 11 AM Pacific and 1 PM central. And so I'm most like excited about that. I'm always excited about working with my one-on-one clients. So I work with clients all over the world through Skype, through zoom, through phone and, the podcast is really a sweet spot for me. I mean, you, you're a podcaster, you know, you could relate, right? That it's just this, yeah, it's, I love it. So the podcast is called Julian Conversation, Inspiring Individual and Global Change. And I have each week different guest experts who are either authors or people who are impacting the world in a positive way that we can all benefit from. So often they're, you know, in the world of positive psychology or science or healing. And it's just been wonderful. So it's, I mean, wonderful for me and also getting some feedback from those women who are listening to the show and getting, you know, just nuggets of wisdom about self-care or about rest as medicine or, um, you know, child development. So it runs a gamut and that's the focus right now. And I'm also building an online village through a Patreon page that I've just built. Do you know about Patreon, Kim? I've heard of Patreon, but I'm really not that familiar. Can can you share a little bit about it? Sure. So it's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. It's, I guess you can call it a crowdfunding resource and site. My specific page is patreon.com forward slash Julian conversation. And basically it's a way to support a podcast so that, that you build revenue into it. So there are much, you develop patrons. And so a patron would pay on a monthly basis. They could pay a dollar. They could be $3. They could be five. They could be 15. You build the tier system. And then with each tier, you offer a reward. So what I've been doing with it is building my practice of coaching into the reward. So if you join, let's say at $5, there's a certain reward. I think the reward is you join my Facebook group live, and then we have 
Facebook group and then we have Facebook lives and then I answer specific questions. And then at another level, you join my coaching group and we meet once a month online through zoom and there's different levels with rewards. So it feeds the podcast and helps it become sustainable and ensure its longevity. And it also creates a deepening of this village that I'm creating um, through the podcast and through the conversation. So I could let you know how that goes, but yeah, I'm excited about it. Oh, wow. That definitely sounds so exciting. And thank you for the insight that you gave. I really had no idea what it was. I didn't know if it was crowdfunding or what. So thanks for sharing all the details on Patreon. And thank you again so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me and allowing me to speak and share and get to know you and your wonderful journey. Oh, you're so welcome. It was absolutely my pleasure. Julie, do you have a last piece of parting advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? Listen to the wisdom of your body. And if you don't know what that means, even to just bring awareness, like when you wake up in the morning before your feet hit the floor, just like do a body scan. Like, okay, how am I feeling here? Like what's happening? Where's your attention being drawn? Even just to bring your awareness to your body because it speaks to us always and it's wise and it knows and it takes care of you and it's your ally and it's your navigational system. And so that would be my, and that's, you know, I need to, you know, it's what I do and learn and need all the time as well. So yeah, I'd like to just leave that with the listeners. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.